Welcome to Podcasts, recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. This is our Prosperity Month, and by that, of course, I mean that throughout the month we're going to be teaching some of the spiritual principles and practices that we might use to enrich our lives. And whether that takes the form of enrichment, uh, money, or love, or joy, or peace, these tools are equally available really to bring about a life more to our desiring. Last week we talked about taking that vision of how maybe we see ourselves in the future, taking that beautiful vision of how life might be, and actually dividing it up a little bit into goals with the idea of taking smaller pieces and embodying them in a way through the idea of goal setting. Well, today we're going to add on to that, but before we get there, something's been bugging me a little bit that I wanted to share with you. If we have this vision of how we want our lives, and for many of us, we've had that vision for some time, maybe not as richly pictured as we're, we're doing this month, but certainly we've had at least an inkling of how we might like to live in a, a robust life, whether it's more love or more joy or more peace. And if Ernest Holmes, the founder of Science of Mind, is right and our thoughts become things, then why the heck don't I have that thing yet? I mean, really, Ernest... Why don't I have that thing yet? Well, of course, the trouble with it is I don't have that image of what I want, that vision of the future, in my brain all the time. Unfortunately, I let other thoughts creep in. And the author of our book this month, uh, Mark Allen and the Greatest Secret of All, he points us to uh, a piece from Scripture in Matthew 12, 22. Jesus, the master teacher, says that every kingdom divided is brought into desolation, and every city or house divided against itself cannot and will not stand. So the idea here, of course, is the divided mind. How much... Do we really believe and support that vision of the future? And how many contrary thoughts, even opposing thoughts, might be right there with it? All right, it leads me to the joke and a story. We'll do the joke first. Farmer Jones needed to plow his field before the dry spell set in, but his own plow had broken. I know, he said. I'll ask my neighbor, Farmer Murphy. We'll borrow his plow. He's a good man. I'm sure he's already done his plowing. He'd be glad to loan it to me. So Jones uh, began to walk the three or four fields over to Murphy's farm. After a bit of walking, Jones says to himself, I hope that Murphy has finished all his own plowing or her not be able to lend me the machine. And then after a bit more walking another, across another field, Jones says to himself, and what if Murphy's plow is as old and sad as mine? He'll never be wanting to lend it to me lest I break it. And after another field, Jones says, Murphy, you know, he was never that helpful to begin with. I, I reckon maybe he won't be too keen to lend me that plow, even if it's in good working order. Well, as Jones arrives on Murphy's farm, Jones is thinking, that old Murphy, he can be quite a stinker. He might not lend me a darn thing. He always did like to see people suffer. 
So Jones walks up to Murphy's front porch, knocks on the door, and Farmer Murphy answers, well, good morning, Mr. Jones. What can I do for you? And Jones says, you can take your bloody plow and put it where the sun don't shine. (laughs) All right, perhaps a little dramatic. But you can see where I'm going with this, right? So often in the beginning, we affirm what is good, what is true, what is right for us. And then as the day creeps along, as the weeks creep along, doubts begin to enter our mind. Am I really smart enough to pull this off? There's that feeling of what other people might think or that belief that people in your family are not able to achieve their goals very well. All kinds of cross currents and subterfuges and false beliefs enter. And before long, you begin to doubt that this vision of the grand life, of the true life, of the beautiful life begins evaporating before your mind. Let me use an example, I think, that will even illustrate this better. Oftentimes, people will come to me and and ask for a prayer treatment. And and, uh, one woman a few years ago came with the idea of abundance. And if my memory serves me right, it was even during October, during Prosperity Month. And we had talked about some of the tools we might use to bolster our own prosperity, to, to live that greater life. And she came up to me and she said, well, Larry, this just isn't working. And I'd like to talk to you about it. What was interesting, after a few minutes, She was doing everything right. Do you know what I mean? She really had pictured her life differently. She had a a vivid idea of how her life might be if there was more abundance in it. She, She was doing the prayer work. She was doing a lot of the things that I would have recommended doing. And she said, still, I I feel a bit as a failure at this. And so can you help me? And so, of course, I, I did a prayer with her. And she said she felt much better. And a few weeks later, she called me back up and said, could we meet one more time? So I'm as frustrated as she, right? Because I know that the law works. I know that this law of divine compensation, the law of attraction, I know these work and that they will work for everyone. And there was no reason it should not be working in her own life. So we talked a little bit and I said, well, maybe we need to just talk more in general about what you see as your life unfolding and and, and what the rich life or what the abundant life might mean to you. And she said, well, I have to admit, it's a little hard. No one in my family has never amounted to anything. And so she said, you know, it's hard for me to visualize having all my bills paid and and living in a nicer apartment and so on because it's just not what happens to my family. You know, my family does not enjoy that kind of climate in the world. And I thought to myself, oh, okay. So here's one thing that we got going. And I said, and what do you think about rich people when, when the idea of someone who does have wealth comes to you? Because this is your, your goal to be a more abundant person, what comes up to you. And she said, oh, I got to tell you, I don't have much good thoughts around rich people. From my perspective, most of them have probably made a lot of their money on the backs of people who suffer. Most of them probably have had to to do whatever's necessary to make a buck and avoid taxes and all kinds of stuff. You know, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but my guess would be most people who have a lot of money, it comes at the expense of other people. And so she could see the downcast look on my face 
Because how could she pray? How could she hope to obtain something that she couldn't imagine and was actively opposed to? Do you see the trouble here? She wanted something that could be neither visualized in her own heart. My family just never amounts to anything. And her active idea of what wealth was like was that there was something crooked, something hinky going on with it. And so we had to do a lot of work to get that divided house, as uh, the master teacher would say, back into a period of unity. I, we had to talk about, well, it could be that, that other people have made some of their money at a harm to other people, but let's take a look at the Gates family. As a homework assignment, I had her read through Bill and, and uh, Melinda Gates's foundation and the, what they're doing with that big pile of money. And then I sent her home with the pledge that Warren Buffett had to give away 80% of, of his money rather than and passing it on to family members and, and some of the work that he's doing in his foundation. And we really had to work through this idea that rich people are not mean and withholding, quite the contrary. Some of the most wonderful things on the planet that are happening right now in terms of eradication of disease and work on sanitary conditions in third world countries and so on is absolutely being funded by some of the richest people in the planet, that they are actually here being of huge service. And then we also had to address the idea of her family. Does it mean that just because no one in your family so far has amounted to much, does that have to be true for you? And we really had to work through that one a little bit to dismiss some of these beliefs. You know, another friend of mine uh, uh, that I hang out with a, a bit now and then, I was noticing one day she was doing a little muttering, and she said, cancel, cancel. And I said, what, 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 what was that? And she said, well, she said, you know, I, I'm working on a particular issue on my life right now, and I heard a little voice in my head say something that was the opposite of it. It said, you're too old to be doing this. And so I yelled out, cancel, cancel. <laughs> and I thought to myself, you know, this is really smart, right? But, but think about it for a minute. This is super smart. She was catching herself in the middle of dividing that house. She was catching herself in the middle of saying, I can't have what I want. It's perfect. It was the beautiful thing to do. And so whether you want to call that a, like a denial or, or talking yourself off the ledge or whatever, when you notice that your mind is going in the opposite place of where you want it to go, put a stop to it. Absolutely. Reel yourself back in to the reality that you want to have rather than the erroneous thoughts that might pop into your head to the contrary. Just put a stop to it. And whether you need to yell to yourself, stop or cancel, uh, it doesn't matter. It's better to get the thought out of the way and then perhaps even replace it with something more positive. So the spiritual practice that we're covering today is uh, the idea of making affirmations. And I would bet nearly everyone here has done or knows about affirmations. Am I right? Is there anyone that that's a totally new concept to? All right. I didn't think so. What you might not realize, though, is why they are so darn powerful. The idea of an affirmation is that on purpose we're planting a positive thought in alignment with how we see ourselves down the road, how we want to be, we're on purpose 
planting a thought, an intention in our mind that is the positive view of what we want to have happen. And so the idea here is, you know, there may be contrary thoughts in our minds. There may be contrary thoughts that we're not even aware of, like the young woman that hadn't really thought about her idea of what she thought about rich people, right? That wasn't something that she just went around consciously thinking about. There likewise may be things in your lives, in your minds, that unconsciously is standing in the way of you finding your dreams. Well, the idea of an affirmation is we put it into our mind on purpose to disperse some of those thoughts. So what is an affirmation? It's simply a positive statement of a desired outcome. It's like planting that clear seed of understanding of what you want to happen, what you want to have, who you want to be, and doing it in the present tense as though it was already true for you. And so let me give you a few tips, and I've included a little handout for you just as a reminder. It's in your program, so you don't need to take notes. It just covers some of the basics uh, for building affirmations that are really powerful in your life. Uh, So for one thing, make them personal. There's a huge power in I am statements. I am, I have, I do. There's a huge thing about identifying yourself with the end state. So I am a philanthropist. I have that new job. All of my bills are paid. Do you see how by making it personal to yourselves, it can really add some strength to it? Write them in the present tense. We want to have our good now. We don't want to wait for some unknown time in the future. So it's not that you will be rich someday. (laughs) You're feeling the abundance of life right now. Uh, Use active and feeling language. And here's where it's really important to put it in your own words. You really want active and powerful language that rings true for you. And I recommend, to put it in your own words uh, is really important, reading it out loud and hearing how it sounds is equally important. The old rings true test. Does it ring true to you? Sometimes the affirmation that you might write it out and it looks great on paper, you say it out loud and you kind of go, huh, it's like, okay, if it, if it just sounds okay, time to tinker with it a little more. Time to put some more passion in the words. Try to, to come up with words that bring emotion into your heart, to bring a heart-opening experience. Give it some greater thought if it doesn't ring true. We also want to be specific as to what you wish to experience, but let's leave out the how part of it. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in our humanness that we think we can solve all of the problems that will get us to that end goal. I'm here to suggest if you could, you already would have. So let's leave some of the how up to the infinite wisdom and experience of spirit itself. Let me use an example. A few years back, we were doing affirmations in a class, and uh, one of the gentlemen said, well, I have a million dollars in my retirement account. And first of all, I said, well, okay, that certainly is an affirmation. You're stating what you want. But does your retirement, depending upon an exact sum of money and in a retirement account, like would you reject if uh, an elderly relative left you a million dollars? You just say, nope, it's got to pop into my retirement account somehow. Would you reject the idea that 
uh, perhaps it wasn't even a million dollars? What if someone transferred ownership of a, a valuable piece of property? Would you reject that because it has to be a million dollars in cash? And, and the gentleman was going, well, of course not, of course not. And I said, well, then let's look at this affirmation a little bit more. Maybe the idea is you want to be well supplied going into retirement. Maybe you want to feel fully supported by the universe in every way as you enter your retirement years. How does that sound? And he went, oh, well, of course, that's what I really want. Then let us have that be the affirmation. Then we don't need to know how it can come in the form of money. It could come in the form of, well, who knows? Maybe, maybe because you're going to say that as your affirmation, maybe Social Security will get a big boost. Who knows? If enough of us believe that we will be completely supported in our retirement, there will come about the how, Right? So let's claim really that end state that we want and allow the divine to figure out the means by which it comes to you. So that's the, the clarity around the what, but allowing the how it comes just to be part of Spirit's guide. Then last but not least, the only other thing is just that rings true test. When you think you've got a good one uh, and it's in your own language, it's in your own words and the words are feeling and powerful to you, read it out loud and just see, just feel more than see how it sounds. Does it ring true? So we've covered affirmations. The next question would be, how do I use affirmations as a spiritual practice? And I want to give you a couple ideas. There's the my method, and then there's also the method in the book. And of course, I'll tell you my method, because it's my method, and I love it. So I love sticky notes. And uh, if you've been to my house when something is on my mind, you will no doubt notice little yellow sticky notes all over the house. And those are my affirmations. And I do that very purposefully because I believe what a wonderful thing it is throughout the day to be reminded of that vision of the future. And so when I get up in the morning and brush my teeth, there's a little sticky note that reminds me of an affirmation that I'm working on. And I repeat it to myself, sometimes out loud, if Daniel's still asleep, uh, some <laughs> sometimes silently, uh, but it gets a repetition then. And then I go downstairs and I make coffee and there's a little sticky right next to the coffee maker because that's always what I do next in the morning. And there's my affirmation or another affirmation as well. Then I let the dogs outside and there's a little sticky right next to the bin that their food is in. So, so you know, I've only been up for half an hour. I've already got three repetitions of an affirmation in. But you can see how this works. It's that reminder from time to time because our minds wander, don't they? Remember the joke? It's like that kind of thing happens in real life that our minds start out where we want them to and who knows where they end up. Having the little stickies remind me throughout the day my vision for the future. And it's that constant impress of what I choose to have in my life rather than maybe what I'm fearful might happen in my life. 
Now, the method in the book is a little different. He suggests carrying a list of your affirmations with you throughout the day, and he recommends uh, pulling them out when you have a few minutes and, and reading through them. You can see very similar sort of effect there. And then also I've heard, and this is a, goes back to one of my heroes, uh, or sheroes, I guess, Louise Hay. She recommends having a specific time during the day. She recommends spending maybe about 20 minutes or half an hour in the morning and 20 minutes or half an hour in the evening where you would read through your affirmations. Either way, anyway, the idea is we want to get in at least about a hundred times of reading your affirmation. And whether you do it in a block in the morning, in the evening, whether you have your list with you and when you're on a break or have some spare time, or like me, if, if you have the house plastered with sticky notes, <laughs> make sure that you're taking an adequate amount of time to plant those seeds in our head. And, and the idea is, the more we plant that seed of what we want, the more likely it will drown out and dispel any of those contrary thoughts and beliefs in our head. So are you willing to maybe take that on as a homework assignment? That's our homework for this week. Last week, you'll remember, we worked on goal setting. And for those of you who did that, this is an awesome way to get into this week's homework because you can literally just take each one of those goals you wrote and turn it into an affirmation. Put it in more personal language, move it into the present in case it's a goal for the future, restate it as though you have it now, use that more dynamic language, personalize it with I am and I have statements. It should be a real easy translation from the goals that we worked on last week to affirmations from this week. Feel free to take home the little flyer that was in your program. That'll help you with that process immensely. So today we've discussed the idea of a mind divided against itself. We've explained why that is probably what is keeping many of us from realizing our dreams. The idea that even though I want it, there's some reason I think it's unlikely. There's some divided thinking in my own mind of why I really should have it. So the more we can unify our thinking, the more that we can disperse or cancel <laughs> those uh, contrary thoughts, uh, the more that we'll be able to use affirmation and positive thinking. So we also talked about what makes a good affirmation and how to turn our affirmations into a daily practice through repetition. I'm going to close with a quote from the book and a prayer. Mark Allen says, Affirmations are powerful. Every word that we say and every word that we think has a creative power in it. Thoughts lead to actions that can bridge the gap between our castles in the clouds and our feet planted firmly on the ground. Carry your list of affirmations around with you. Keep it in front of you. Repeat your affirmations often to imprint them on your subconscious mind. Then relax, kick back, watch the miracles unfold. You have discovered the secret of manifestation. You have it within you in your ever creative imagination. Let us pray. There is one power and one presence, one life, one goodness, only just this one thing. And what I know about spirit is that it has all the abundance. It has all the love. It has all the joy. It has our heart's desire within it. And because we are also part of it, God's love is my love. God's abundance is my abundance. God's joy is mine to have and experience all that God is, I have. 
And as it is true about me and for me, I know it is true for everyone. Each of us has that, that wonderful connection with spirit that allows our thoughts to become things. And so each one of us has the, the keys to a life of abundance, that, that life well lived. And so for each of us, I claim that, that willingness to maybe use some of these spiritual tools for improving our lives, a, a willingness to begin seeing the world through a different lens, canceling out those negative thoughts and embracing the ones that bring about a life of love, of peace, of joy, and happiness. And for this, I give great thanks. It is with gratitude that I acknowledge both this spiritual practice of affirmations, but, but thanks for each one of us and our willingness to use it. I release my prayer into the activity, into the action of the law itself. I let it be, and together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for coming today. So glad you were here. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.